Hi, I'm Harriet, a mental health professional and educator, and this is Dawn Breaks, the podcast all about finding hope and maybe also healing after reaching rock bottom. This week's amazing episode comes with a little bit of a warning that with my guest Sarah I'm going to be talking in detail about schizophrenia and depression and also about family mental health. So this is just to give you a little bit of a heads up that all of this is going to be in the conversation in case that is particularly relevant for you. This is such a special episode so please do take the time to listen. Enjoy the show. Welcome to this week's episode of Dawn Breaks and I am so delighted to welcome Sarah who's joining me today. So welcome. Thank you Harriet and thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to share my story and I'm I'm very passionate about being open. Mm. Um, someone said to me once that your story can be the key that unlocks someone else's prison and I think it's very true. I think Sometimes you can hear someone's story and see a part of yourself in their story and it can be very healing and enlightening. So I really hope that what I share can really help someone out there that's listening. I love that. Thank you. What a gorgeous idea. What was that? The key to unlock someone else's prison. That is such a super, yes. super sort of quote. I'm going to I'm gonna keep it. <laughs> that's you really can good. take that. Thank you. <laughs> you can nick love it. that. Love that. Okay, and how do we find you today? How are you? I'm doing well, and I'm really excited to be here and mm. to share my story. Yeah, we're and, excited uh, to have you. And I just hope I can sort of share everything I want to share, yeah. get everything I want in there. Yeah. Because I feel someone out there needs to hear this. Yeah, good, good. Well, let's let's get started then. So what I like to do is go back to a time when things were quite difficult or potentially you were feeling much lower or a bit hopeless in yourself I wonder if there's a time that you'd be happy to share with us that that was potentially really difficult for you yes of course um so I mean first of all my parents they they both had schizophrenia and uh, they met in a mental hospital okay um, Wallingham Mental Hospital and um I lived with, they split up when I was young, um, mm. but I lived with my mum until I was about five and okay. my mum was too unwell mentally to look after me. She went mm. into a mental hospital and I went to live with my gran and my grandmother was stiff upper lip, you know, okay. she was war- from the war generation mm-hmm. and uh, she didn't really do emotions. So I was very much brought up to kind of not express emotions you know so I was very out of touch with my emotions growing up you know I still felt things and I had low times but I was very much yeah disconnected from myself growing up I had some bullying at school and I used to hang around with the tough people um, and I think it was to protect myself because where I lived it was a bit rough and I look back and I think, yeah, I hung around with those people to feel safer. Mm -hmm. But they, my own friends essentially treated me badly and they bullied me. But I think 
you know, it's interesting how sometimes during the time mm. you don't realize you're being treated badly. Right. You almost see it as normal. And mm. I, I've heard this from other people who maybe their parents hit them as a kid. And, right. you know, but even when I was hit as a kid, it was seen as quite normal. You know, it's the right. thing you get hit nowadays. It's not right, you know, mm-hmm. and we see it is actually not right to beat your children. You know, mm-hmm. you can sit down with them and discipline them in another way. So Absolutely. I guess my self-esteem was so low. I just, my friends treated me badly and I just went along with it. Right. And I think that was the case for many things in my life. And I would just sweep all my feelings under the carpet. I just didn't feel much. I didn't feel much. And I even look back and I think, you know, when I was 13, I was put in foster care because my grand put me in foster care and I should have felt something. And you know what? I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel anything about being put in foster care. And that, and, you know, I've spoken to other people and they said to me, they went through times where they were very numb as well. Mm. It seems to be a thing where Mm -hmm. if you weren't brought up to express your emotions and maybe you were told, look stop crying stop being silly or whatever you were told or you it just wasn't seen as as healthy to mm-hmm. express them which which I now know is it is healthy to express your emotions yeah. then um, you can get the the dissociation they call it numbness so basically um fast forwarding all the way till I was 20 mm-hmm. and my mum died unexpectedly and now my oh, mum because she had Thank you. Because she had mental health issues um, quite severely, you know, schizophrenia. Mm. I didn't get it. And I took I look back now and I internalized other people's judgments of of mental illness, you know, society's judgments, maybe some family members judgments, Mm -hmm. peers judgments that, you know, when you are depressed, you know, you pick yourself up. Yeah. You know, and I used to think that I used to judge my mum and think, why can't you just pick yourself up like I do and we all do? Right. Because that's what you'd learn. Um, yeah. Mm. I learned that, you know, you just get on with it. Mm-hmm. Stiff up a lip, you get mm. on with it. And so I did judge my mum and I I didn't have much compassion for what she went through. And my mum, she had, you know, she let her hygiene go, her house go. You know, there's different levels of depression. We all mm. learn there are many different layers of just like there's different levels of physical illness you know there's a cold to having chronic illness yes and there's having mild depression which a lot of people can have they can Mm -hmm. feel a bit low they don't wake up feeling happy yeah and they see it as normal but actually Mm -hmm. it can be a mild depression when you're feeling a bit low empty in yourself then there's the more chronic depression or Mm. the schizophrenia yeah um and some people schizophrenia they or heavy depression they struggle with their hygiene even having a shower is difficult and I judged my mum so when she passed I was 20 and she was only 40 so she was quite young yeah very young and uh I I was quite I went through a stage I was quite numb I didn't really know how to grieve properly and I had anger issues of course Um, I think I was angry at myself mostly for not being there for my mum mm. but it was so all my emotions were so locked up I didn't know why I felt the way I did and I think a lot of people can feel that of you feel angry you feel low and you're just not sure why and uh, that's what I went through and it was six years after my mum passed that I actually grieved I grieved wow. for her six years afterwards 
this is one of the most important things of learning to feel your emotions because when you don't they get locked up inside of you yes so if you haven't grieved for someone who dies it it stays in you and it will build like a volcano and for Mm -hmm. me it come up like a volcano and it was hard it was you know I cried enough tears to fill a river and I would cry every day and I didn't know why you know I didn't know why and it was confused and I judged myself and I thought what is wrong with me I used to think with the depression I was going through I thought what you know what is wrong with me there's something wrong with me everybody else seems to be together Mm -hmm. and there's something really wrong with me and I don't know how to get over it I don't know what's happening and um I didn't have much help you know I didn't have I tried to talk to a friend and she said oh don't be silly you know and just pick yourself up and I thought gosh she's right I'm silly there's something you know it was that real beating myself up and I remember the simple things were difficult you know going out the house making a phone call to a call center about a bill or something and I couldn't handle stress. I became so hypersensitive that, you know, I remember um, going to Sainsbury's um, shopping and I remember I was going through the car park and I was must have been in the way of the car, but, you know, sometimes you're crossing and the car beeped at me and whoever it was was kind of cursing at me. And I remember feeling this panic and it was like that, you know, any a funny look from someone mm. and it was like, everything was was hard it became hard and you know I look back now and I can see it was it was a build-up of years and years of growing up and just suppressing my emotions pushing them all under that carpet that rug yeah and one that day it just all started to come up and it was like oh my gosh and you know the worst part Harriet was the guilt of suddenly oh my gosh this is what my mum felt because I'd had some times of very probably mild depression growing up and you think it's depression Mm -hmm. but it was a mild one and this was what I was going was quite severe it was a mental breakdown and it hit me oh my gosh this is what my mum went through and I wasn't there for her and I judged her and and it really the guilt ripped my heart open oh I'm sorry really ripped my heart open yeah and uh yeah it's been a long journey of healing a Mm. long long journey of healing but I don't have that guilt anymore but it it was hard and you know I remember getting down on my hands and knees because it was like this deep compassion grew inside of me it was almost Mm. like my heart that had been closed to protect myself had been ripped open because of this pain of losing my mum and Mm -hmm. everything coming up and my heart opened and I suddenly have a, had a, a very deep empathy for what others went through. And I, I sort of got my hands and knees and I was praying to whoever was up there, hoping someone was listening, a higher power, yeah. Yeah. and saying, please help me to heal so I can help others. And here wow. I am. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. That is such a powerful story. And I thank you thank you for sharing because it's vulnerable and I know how difficult that is sometimes to revisit some of those really painful feelings but it sounds like that must have been incredibly difficult because you had emotion from years of kind of suppressed emotion essentially isn't it like you say swept under the carpet which 
let's be honest, we all do to a certain extent sometimes, but to have done it consistently and then and then of course it's going to come out in some way, shape or form. And and this explosion of emotion is how you described it, you know, is going to be devastating because it's got to that point of, of it all needing to come out at once. But what really interested me about what you just said is you've been through so many sort of really difficult experiences, but this explosion of complicated confusing emotion that was a a big mix of different things you talked about anger and depression and lots of things in there and the grief the intensity of the grief but this explosion of emotion opened your heart and almost brought in humbleness humility compassion isn't it it's all of the the feelings that can't really coexist with any sort of judgment which you were describing and and I think that's so important because so much of the time, when, especially when we're young, we grow up with attitudes of people around us and we don't know what our own attitudes are yet, but we take on board what we're shown, what's around us, you know, the, the theatre set, if you like, around us of our childhood. And we just take on board attitudes and judgments and, and, and sort of ideas about people and things. But actually, it's only through our own learning that we really figure out what our own judgments are. But actually... It, it seems, it feels like, you know, I think the theatre came to my mind because it feels like the curtains opened and you you just saw how you really felt and what that really felt like and, and, and an immense amount of compassion, it sounds like, for your mum, which, of course, was really difficult and intense because it, it had a lot of, of kind of guilt that came came with it as well. But but you were, you were doing the best you knew how to do at the time and you couldn't have done any more. But what an incredible story. So thank you. Thank you for sharing sharing oh, that being so vulnerable. Mm. It's my pleasure. You know, I, oh, I couldn't have told this story a few years ago. No way. Because um, I think anybody listening who's gone through depression will empathize with the shame, the right. self-judgment that goes yeah. along with mm-hmm. judging your emotions, like I was talking about, and this shame of oh God, I need to hide this because Mm -hmm. people are going to think I'm weak. They're going to think I'm giving up or something. And, you know, because again, this is what almost society, you know, puts into us a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, Things are changing now, which is amazing. But years ago, the way (laughs) mental health was treated, they they would lock Mm. them up in a mental hospital. Mm. People had so much shame around Mm. depression and mental health. And it was frightening so as well, important. wasn't it? Like that fear goes along with shame of like, what are people going to think of me? How am I going to be judged? Because really, you know, we all want acceptance and love. And, you know, that is a human need. You know, mm. the thing is, you learn that actually in humans, we all have insecurities and fears. It's yeah. human emotions. We can get angry. We get sad. It's just different levels. Mm. And we all want acceptance, love, safety, to feel safe to be ourselves. And yeah, the the curtains opened. And, you know, when I at the time, I thought it was the worst time of my life. And I thought, to be honest, I didn't want to be yeah. here. Many, oh, for many years, I didn't want to be here oh. because I just didn't know how to get out of it. Mm. And people that have been through severe depression or even having intense moments of sadness mm. or fear, mm. you just think, oh, you know, sometimes you think, oh, I just want to go. It's too yeah. much. Yeah. I'm sure many people have had a thought like that. But mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely felt like that. But 
I look back and I can see you start to see with your healing you start to see clearly yes you know for years I saw through my wounds you know Mm. I saw through the wounds but I can now start to see it was instead of a breakdown it was a breakthrough because it forced me to really find myself because I tell you what I was a bit of a product of society I was in a little box okay let's go uni do what's expected Mm -hmm. I had low self-esteem and lots of different issues and judgments of myself and this healing has really helped me to find my own truth and um what's that that quote if you don't stand for anything you fall for you're full for anything. If you don't stand for something, you're full for anything. Yeah. And I did fall for a lot of things. I just was one of the, I was very naive and vulnerable and I did not have the confidence to speak in front of people. Now I'm doing workshops in front of, you know, I did one the other day in front of 50 people a few weeks ago. That's amazing. And I'm comfortable. But I tell you, when you, when you wake up to why you're here on earth, to your heart's passion, there's no stopping you and I something happened where it wasn't just a deep empathy it was but it was more than that it was like I woke up to my why I'm here on earth and it was to help people and everything that I went through was preparing me and I don't regret it I'm grateful for my suffering and it sounds absolutely crazy saying that but as I said it has made me transform my life and get that peace and happiness and that confidence that I've always wanted even as a kid I used to look at kids and think oh I wish I was confident like that they seem so confident or you know it was always something I always wanted this confidence and I I thought well I'm built like this and I'm just don't have that confidence I'll never have it but actually just like many people and what I was going through I was like a a flower but I was budded Mm. I was budded Mm. I didn't have the environment to help me to blossom. Yeah. And I, through my suffering, I created my own environment to blossom. I had to give myself what I didn't get as a child. And. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. I didn't want to interrupt your flow. There was just so many things in there. Breakdown is actually your breakthrough and yet your environment giving yourself the things that you didn't have oh so much really good stuff in there and I and I really think you're right you're so right I don't think I've it's given me goosebumps I don't think I've heard someone speak about it with such clarity for a long time about that need to almost break to figure out who you really are you know it's that need to sort of see through to your real purpose and and the things that really light you up and what you're really passionate and confident and where you can be confident because they're the things that really mean something to you. And I absolutely love that description. It's just, yeah, almost, it's left me a bit speechless or lost for words, but it's it's just because it, it, yeah, really touches a note for me. I think it's a bit like sort of cracking an egg, isn't it? That That the shell cracks, but then it's you then you've got the goodness and then you can really start to have that I don't know space to space to grow whatever it is I loved your flower analogy you needed to create the environment because ultimately we're the only people who can like we are the only people who can create the environment where we can flourish 
it isn't up to society and our families, even though they can help and they may have every good intention or not, hopefully they do. But actually, we're the people who can create that environment for ourselves through the choices that we make. And also, through making that decision, you're you're taking your control back, aren't you? Rather than feeling, it's not up to me, I don't have a choice, which feel, which leaves you in a sort of victim place where you can't take control and you can't make changes and do things for yourself and moves and you know then moves you into a space that has more control and you can have more choice and power and 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 make choices for yourself moving forward yeah definitely and I think it is getting your power back definitely because mm. I felt oh I felt like a victim for years and you know it it's human to go through that when no one course, tells you gives you the tools mm. to deal with your emotions and that's yeah. why a lot of people don't do emotions because they don't know how to it's like with anything you you need to have your backpack for the yes. journey you know and <laughs> yeah. and it's about getting your tools isn't it that feel right for you and we're so blessed that these days there's more help out there you know there's lots of healing modalities I mean I'm mm. trained in EFT and hypnotherapy and there's lots of other different ones we have meditation yoga this we have tools now and people you can go to to get the help but yeah it is taking your power back because I just had internalized people's treatment of me as well you know mm. growing up and I was kind of treated a bit seen but not heard mm. it was a thing growing yeah. up I mean my grand tried her breast my grand she was from the war generation and um, you know she tried her best with what she knew but it was tough with her growing up so she was a bit you know it was quite strict yeah. but she did what she thought was best but yeah. it I was seen but not heard it mm. was um, you know you don't really you have to do as you're told and, and I didn't and I grew up not having a voice I didn't know what it was like and things like speaking up sticking up for myself would scare the crap out of me oh mm. my gosh if somebody treated me bad and I I, I as I said growing up I never spoke up because I thought it was normal almost mm. I just accepted the way I was treated and one of the keys to healing is really learning to love yourself and treat yourself right and know you're worthy and you have to do it for yourself and I tell you I know it's possible for we can overcome mental illness you know I was diagnosed with bipolar mm -hmm. um, emotional intensity disorder another word for it is BPD borderline personality disorder it's a horrible right. name for right. things mm. and I had a good psychiatrist because he said if I had your life or anyone else did they'd they'd get what they'd experience what you are emotionally yeah. he said with the right help you'll overcome it yeah but I was so depressed for about 12 years so I was very mentally ill and I had even periods of not being in touch with reality you know that's how bad it went Gosh. I was in mental hospital twice and now I think I'm one of the happiest people I know and I feel grounded yeah I might have emotions come up but it's very before it was like this now it's a, a little bit and I I have the tools to deal with it I have the support and um you know, instead of before, if I had emotions, I would be stuck in the emotions. So it's like you, you've got a volcano mm -hmm. and you're in it and you mm -hmm. can't, you know, you sort of can't see the wood from the trees. And that's how I, I'd just be stuck in this volcano of emotions. And now I'll watch it and I'll be like, OK, 
this issue's triggered me or yeah you know it's about becoming the observer a really compassionate observer of what you're feeling because you're reparenting yourself but I remember thinking oh there's not much help out there I remember I tried to see counsellors and it Mm -hmm. was like I I just couldn't open up with them because I was numb but also I felt like they didn't get it right but I finally found the counsellor he was uh, a CBT counsellor it was Mm -hmm. interesting because I started to open up to uh, about 10 years ago I started to open up to the higher power you know the Mm -hmm. universe and Mm -hmm. angels Mm -hmm. and that there was something higher that was helping us even though I was brought up Catholic yeah I, I think I prayed with my mind. I never believe with my heart, if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah. But I had experiences over the years. That's probably another topic to talk about. <laughs> that I had proof that I was being looked over by angels, the universe, God, whatever people want to call it. Mm. And it was just amazing. But going back to the reason why I bring it up. So before I saw the CBT therapist, I started to see this name, Dan Brown. Do you remember Dan yes, Brown who read yeah. the book? Mm-hmm. So I started coming across his name everywhere. And I thought, what is it with this name? And then a few months later, who was my counsellor? Dan Brown. <gasps> no <laughs> he, way. Yeah. Oh my he goodness. was my CBT therapist. And I thought, oh, you know, and um, it's like John Lennon. He said, the more real you become, the more unreal your life becomes. Yeah, and right. You, you, you know and you start to open your heart heal and really connect with you and not what society and everyone's told you is is how you yes. should be and what you yeah. should think you connect with you and weird but the most beautiful things happen in your life and um so you'd get signs of guidance and different things but yeah so Dan Brown was very good because he listened and he'd been there and he really was present with me but from doing the CBT I'd think god there's something wrong with me because he's saying my thoughts create my feelings and I became quite good at becoming aware of my thoughts and thinking Mm. more positively doing gratitude lists but I still would wake up with a panic before I'd even think about anything I'd have Mm. a panic anxiety because I had PTSD as well Mm. gosh but it was it was I, I was asking the question I was help me to heal and I came across EFT and I came across, so it stands for emotional freedom technique, also known as tapping. And mm-hmm. I learned about the subconscious mind and that it's underneath the surface of subconscious mind. So our conscious thinking is there and our deeper beliefs, our deeper feelings, we can't get to. They're very deep in yeah. us. Yeah. And EFT and hypnotherapy, things like that, and certain healing modalities can help you get beneath the surface. Yes, because yeah. what's interesting is 95% of our thoughts, feelings, and actions are directed by our subconscious mind. Mm. So when I learned that, I tell you, it was huge for me because compassion comes with understanding. Mm. And I started to understand why I was the way I was, why I felt the way I was. And it was because... In my subconscious mind, I had so much fear from the trauma I've been through, so much unworthiness and all these emotions. And that was directing my feelings and thoughts. It wasn't just I was creating that through my thoughts and Mm. uh, it was deeper healing I needed. And it was a big breakthrough for me because I think a lot of people think they can use positive thinking to get out of how they feel. And positive thinking is good. But if if you feel down, 
or you're anxious and you say, look, just be positive, then you're putting a plaster on it. You're covering it up and it's still there. You, yeah. It's about really looking inside. And I know a lot of people don't want to go there. That's why it's important to get support, you know, which is what I did, you know. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's it's been quite a journey and definitely um, self-compassion is a big one. You know, it's so powerful what you've just said there, Sarah, because so much of the work is deeper level and you are 100% right that that for many people, we, we don't want to go there. It's really difficult. We don't want to look at the really difficult stuff, but actually what you're saying and what I really believe as well is the way to feel better is through, is through those feelings and through the sort of getting getting to the deeper level stuff and like you say you can't do anything about it unless you know about it and if it's subconscious we've got to tap a little bit deeper I've used EFT in the past and I've I've found it really really helpful at a time when I was kind of going through something really heavy and difficult and and I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about EFT and how you know was that one of the tools that helped you at the time or was that something that came a bit later Yes, EFT, I learned about it, maybe it was about seven years ago, Mm. and it was one of the tools that helped me. You know, I've got other tools, but EFT was one of the biggest tools because it helps you. And it's weird because you do it and you think, what is this weird? You're tapping (laughs) around your face. Yes. And I thought that looks a bit weird, but I think anyone listening, and you know, Harriet, when you go through pain and you want to heal, you will open your mind to yes. trying things that maybe yes. you wouldn't have been open to years ago. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the key, being open and just trying, because not one thing fits everybody. You might find a, if, you know, something else is you, is finding what works for you. Mm. But yeah, um, emotional freedom technique is great because they say it rewires your brain. It, it um, They've done MRI scans and they found that does rewire your brain and it it shuts off the um the parts of your brain that is alarming of fear yeah the fear response yeah and it brings calming signals into the brain so if you're thinking about a trauma or something stressful and you do eft then it starts calming the brain and changing the brain Mm. neural networks in your brain so it works quite deeply um and they've done so many studies on it now over the world but it's you know, they use it on a lot on war veterans and rape victims, so it can mm. work very well with PTSD. And they're using it a lot on schools now, in schools now, especially in Australia and in, in America. They're using it in the schools, and it's great for kids. It's really good, and you can use it on yourself. So you can go to a practitioner if you're needing to work on deeper stuff, but mm-hmm. you can use it on a tool. If something stressed you out, if you're angry, you can start doing your EFT and it can really help to process mm. the feelings because it helps you to observe them and to to acknowledge your feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you're judging your feelings, you can say, I'm even though I'm judging my feelings, mm-hmm. but a part of me is trying to have compassion because if you've been brought up to judge your feelings, it's not going to be an overnight, oh, I'm suddenly compassionate. <laughs> this journey, yeah. you know, it is so important to be very gentle with yourself as if you would your child it is very vital but yeah EFT was a big one and um and I think one of the other things was developing my intuition Mm. and um you know your intuition is your inner teacher it is 
the essence of you without yes. any wounds. So your intuition yes. has no wounds, you know. And it's when we get older, it's our wounds and our limiting beliefs and our fears start to cloud mm. how we see things. Mm. And it's when you start to heal, you start to see things clearly. You start to understand why people are the way they are instead of reacting, oh, they're not very nice. And you're looking through that lens of cloudedness. You start to understand you just don't get as so upset by people. And, and uh, you know, it's not just about healing the pain. You know, you were saying, Harriet, about oh, a lot of people, oh, I don't want to go there. But mm. I tell you what, it's if you want to reach a potential in life. Because when you start to clear those layers of hurt and pain, you start to feel this thrill you. So inside of us, we have treasure. You know, you know, love I was talking about that, that, that blooming that. flower. Yes. We have treasure yeah. that you never knew you had. Mm-hmm. And the more you heal, you in you find even more treasure. You know, treasure can be confidence, that mm-hmm. that limitless confidence, limitless courage inspiration passion clarity your mind is sharp intuition is one of them you know they call them some people call it the spiritual superpowers but intuition is is something everybody has it's one of our senses it's just we've learned to be very logical but your intuition will help you make clear decisions your intuition guides your life towards what your heart wants so you know who to trust you know what to do you know it's life becomes instead of a sort of oh so much work it becomes a bit of a dance when you learn to follow your intuition it's Mm. it's like a a fun dance with life and yeah I do intuition trainings with people because because intuitions is one of the things that I has been key in my healing because I used to be and I'm sure other people relate oh what's the right healing modality to do what can I do to heal? I was so mm. desperate to heal. I was like, which one shall I do? Who shall I go to heal? But you know what? It doesn't always, as long as you're doing a deep healing modality, it doesn't so matter. You'll heal when you're ready. Mm. Your subconscious will heal when it's ready. You just need to keep taking the action to heal yourself, get your support, work with somebody who you feel safe with. Yes. Because that's, that's so when you open up. Mm. But there's no oh, it's got to be this one. Because some people say, oh, this is the healing modality that is going <laughs> to heal you. And I'm sorry, but, you know, people might want to disagree with me. No, they're all great in their own way. Mm-hmm. It's just you're heal when you're ready. Just like the body. Can you imagine trying to force your broken bone to heal? No. Right. What go if faster, I use this go tonic? faster. <laughs> yeah. it's, you can do things to support the healing, but it will yeah. heal when it's ready. Yeah. And so will you. We'll heal when our, we can't force it, but we can support ourselves and and um, get the healing we need support mm, so I'm going that. on and I get no, so no, passionate no. you know do do cut me and don't the... apologize no 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 <laughs> I, I think that was oh really really powerful some of the stuff that you've said there I loved how you described that sort of healing unlocking the the sort of magic the treasure that's within you because I couldn't agree with you more and also healing modalities because yes I'm an art therapist I'm passionate about art therapy but I'm also like so passionate about so many different types of healing modality like you say and 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 like I mentioned about trying EFT and Reiki and hypnotherapy and I've tried so many things and ultimately moving to a place of feeling 
free and feeling much more in tune, incredibly in tune with my emotions and able to express sort of much more in the moment than I was able to as a young person. And and that's taken many different modalities that the things that I was ready for at that moment, just like you're saying about waiting to be ready, you know, we can't force healing to happen yesterday. You know, it it needs time. It's a process. And it's so interesting because before we started the podcast, I was talking to you about having reminders to surrender. And it's like, you've just brought that beautifully together, this sort of idea of we have to surrender to the process. You know, you can't heal a broken bone in five minutes. You have to wait the time it takes for it to heal and it is the same you know your healing journey it you know of course it would be lovely if we could do it really fast but actually that's not the point and you would miss so much of the magic if we if it happened much quicker than it does and and I just I love what you said there because I think it's really I think that's a message that so many people are going to benefit from that there's absolute gorgeous treasure magic great amazing stuff in that healing process but the only way that you can find it is is going through it going looking at the difficult dark stuff and you know what I can say to people as well is that I promise you that when you look at the dark stuff it might be really really dark but the only way to make it less dark and less intense is to give it attention you know I I often talk to my very youngest clients about And it's interesting you talked about a volcano earlier because I often talk about a volcano or a dragon that if you keep ignoring it and keep not looking at it, it just gets bigger and bubbles up and bubbles up. And at some point it's going to start breathing fire or it's going to explode. Whereas if we give it a little bit of attention, a little bit of attention, a little bit of attention, it never gets to that explosion point. And then with with time it, you know, it becomes a dragon that's our friend or it becomes a volcano that is, is a, you know, one that's not going to explode. It becomes a hill. It calms right down. And it's not to say we don't have difficult emotions. And I'm sure you feel the same. You know that, they were, it, of course, I still feel angry sometimes. Of course, I get upset and triggered by things. But the point is, is it doesn't devastate me in the way that it might have done. And 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 like you say, you said earlier on, and I really agree with what you'd said, that, that I'm not so affected by you talked about the guy beeping at you and being rude in the car and 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 you're able to sort of shake things off a bit more because you're like that's their stuff that's not mine that's not me I don't need to engage with that and I couldn't similarly to you could not have done that in the past when you're in that place where your emotion is just bubbling underneath the surface it takes so little for someone to knock and tap that and it to all sort of come up I think it's really, really powerful. You've shared some absolute gems in there. So thank you. And I'm I'm not going to interrupt you when you're in flow because you absolutely oh, bring us some real magic. So I, yeah, no, absolutely. So Sarah, tell us a little bit more about the things that were sort of really essential to your healing because you've mentioned a couple already, but I wonder if there's anything else that's really important in terms of things that brought you hope or helped you to feel less helpless, less hopeless in that time. I think um, definitely I did manifestation work as well Mm. because I believe healing is important, doing your healing work, but also manifestation work. So starting to think have you seen the secret yeah yeah I have yeah so it's starting to think what do you want though in your life because Mm. you know they say 
some say, you know, what we focus on is what we get in our lives. So if you have a belief that people are not to be trust, mm. then trusted, then you'll keep getting people that are untrustworthy. They say what we see in the world is what what's going on inside. They say, so when you start to change what you feel internally, the, your outside world will change. And that's one of the beauties yes. of healing. Yeah. I tell you, you, you know, so manifestation work was important. So, I mean, I did workshops and I did a lot of work on getting clear on mm. what I want in my life. What friendships do I want? What do I want in my career? What do I want in my partner? And I tell you, I have manifested a lot of things. I manifested my house. I manifested last year the man of my dreams. And oh, I've been waiting amazing. for him. And you know, I said about intuition. So I sometimes dream about things before they happen. Right. You know, that's how powerful our minds are. We yeah. can dream about, I mean, some that's people amazing. have that. Mm-hmm. And he was in my dream four months before I met him and he said I have to go now but I'll be back in September and I remember waking up thinking gosh this feels um this feels real it feels like a prophetic dream but then I'm like really yeah and I met him for September and <gasps> oh my gosh you know with me manif- bumps. <laughs> oh I tell you he has shown me true love for somebody mm. you know to really see you Mm. And to really be there with you through your pain and through your joy is the most beautiful love. And I always wanted that in my heart. And people say, oh, that's not possible. But I knew because when you do this work and you connect your truth, I knew in my heart that we can have whatever we want. We can have heaven on earth, but you need to do the healing. And I knew he would come, but I knew it would be at the right time. I have to feel worthy. I have to have boundaries. And Mm -hmm. he come last September and he's more than I could have asked for. I'm just absolutely blown away. I mean, this guy is just treats me like a complete queen. And um, so I can say this healing works and the manifestation works. So manifestation. So happy for you. What a lovely bit to share. I think that is just... just, I'm just mm, so happy, you know. And I'm just... I feel so... You know, you can feel my passion, I'm sure, Mm. when I talk. Because I'm not talking from a book. I've been through the dark... I've been to the Mm. bottom. You know, mental hospitals. I have Mm. been through severe mental health. Mm -hmm. I've been to the bottom. Some call it a hell vibration. Some people talk about frequencies. Mm. I was at the bottom. And I've risen up of anything is possible life is exciting and I prayed for this for a long time and I someday thought it wasn't possible but you keep on and you keep trying getting your support and I'll tell you another thing is community Mm. connecting with people I started a choir I, I joined a choir I never thought I'd be into singing I loved it. It was just being around people because for a long time I, I had friends distance themselves. Mm, you know, right. they weren't really the best friends in the end or mm. they just well, they just couldn't deal with emotions. Um, and so community, connecting with like-minded people because I think on this path you do become aware, more aware of what you deserve and what's good for you. And I have changed some of my friends over the years because it's not like people are bad or good. It's no. just nobody's perfect. Everybody's mm. got their wounds. Mm. But I realized I wanted friends that were a certain way, empathic, gentle people, you know, yeah. passionate people. And so I, I've definitely 
got different people around me now. And, you know, awareness as well. Being aware of your thinking patterns is a huge thing. Really being mindful of your thinking patterns and how you speak yourself yeah. and learning to speak yourself more kindly. But, I mean, I could go on with how many things help me, but there's and obviously the body, looking after your body, exercise yeah. um, and diet is important as well. Yeah, yeah. There's so many things that I want to pick up on, so many that I can't keep them all because it's, you know, when someone says so many good things and you can't keep the thread of all the things you want to pick up. But one of them you spoke about earlier and you just touched on again then was about treating yourself really kindly like you would a little child. And you also spoke about parenting yourselves and uh, yourself. And those are things I'm really, really passionate about because we still have our inner child in us and we deserve to be spoken to, thought about, think inside in a gentle, compassionate way. We, you know, we, that one thing that I talk to people about is the way that we speak to ourselves when we pay attention for the first time can be really tough and really and really unkind and really harsh the way that we can speak to ourselves internally and that's something I've had to do a lot of work on to be speaking to myself in my head you know in the way that I treat myself in a much sort of more compassionate and kind way and it gets easier the more that you do it but it it's just so essential because you you wouldn't speak to a child in a really horrible way in a really tough way and and so why do we deserve that? And you also said there, which I feel like mirrors this really, that that was about your sort of internal, but also on the external, you talked about the people around you. And that is something that I've noticed as well, that for me, I'm much less worried about letting somebody move out of my life in a gentle way, who isn't who isn't the right person for me to be around anymore, you know, in the sense that it's really important that you have people around you who uplift you and who got you know who support you and and will be compassionate about you and how you're feeling and what you're doing and also will let you do what you want to do and support you more than that will support you doing whatever it is you want to do and that changes everything because then you've got that internal reflection which feels good and you're being kind to yourself and then you've got the outside reflection of, of people you know supporting you from the outside and you doing the same for them as well you know it's a bit huge big network isn't it but I do think that your environment has such a critical impact on your mental health and if if you have people if someone is listening and you have people around you who you know bring you down or it feels a bit toxic or potentially your social media newsfeed might feel a bit toxic it's got people on there that bring you down detox you know it's absolutely yeah. fine to do that and I think I love that you touched on that because it's it's been really essential for me and it sounds like for you as well in that process definitely you know and when you're not sure what to do just ask yourself what advice would I give to my child? Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. And I think another one I do for myself as well is what would I what would I suggest if this was my best friend in the world? You know, if if this if this was my best friend, what would I suggest to them to do? Because often we are much kinder <laughs> to the person who we love, you know, the most. Um, whether it's child, family member, best friend, whoever than we would be to ourselves and our boundaries are better you know we wouldn't tolerate a really awful relationship for our best friend if they asked for our advice we'd be honest but 
for ourselves, you know, it takes time to have that strength in in kind of what you deserve and how worthy you are which you mentioned earlier and it's a process you know we can't go from from not feeling confident to confident instantly it's a journey just like the healing process and it takes time and it's a muscle and it has to be strengthened and and it gets easier but it can be really really difficult I think at the beginning thank you um, that's quite important to um, mm. I'll just say once I know we've mm. got to wrap up mm. I'll just say you know this is this podcast, I'm so, you know, there was no coincidence. We, we cross paths. And, I feel the same. And I'm just so grateful for this opportunity to share because I feel someone needs to, to hear this, especially because we're going for a time of from head to heart because mm-hmm. we've been a society that's very head-based. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to the heart of, of opening our hearts. That's why everybody's feeling more now. Yes. Um, because people's hearts are opening because maybe in our ancestors it just wasn't safe to open the heart they had to be in the head because it was hard they were in war and all sorts were going on back then there was no support Mm. and there's just more here to help us to heal um but yeah it's just been wonderful having this conversation thank you and i feel the same i really do so sarah tell everyone briefly a little bit about what you do now so where has this brought you this huge journey that I feel like we could do a whole other podcast on but tell us where where's it brought you now what are you doing now so yeah I've trained as um, a healer so I do emotional freedom technique and hypnotherapy NLP neuro-linguistic program and mm-hmm. life coaching and I use my intuition a lot because I've developed it You know, again, one of my treasures inside was being able to delve into people's, um, I wouldn't say go into people's subconscious, I can help pick up what is Mm. going under the surface for some people if they need that help. Yeah. And I can help guide them to their own truth with my intuition. So I can be a channel, I do channeling, some people call it. So let's say a higher power Mm -hmm. works through me to help people to heal But I do a lot of workshops. I do do some work one-to-ones, but I do workshops mainly. So I run um, a meetup group called Sensitives, Empaths and True Seekers. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I also run a Peace Seekers meetup. But the Sensitives one's bigger because on this journey, call it awakening journey of awakening the heart. Yeah. You just become more sensitive to things. You you wake up and uh, it's part of the process. So I've got quite a few members in there from all over the world and, uh, beautiful people we've got a beautiful sort of creating a community mm. so I do in there I do yoga qigong class spiritual mm-hmm. yoga and a qigong class and meditation once a week and that's just donation based in case people can't afford it and I do lots of workshops so I'm doing an angel workshop in over a week so this is an opportunity for people to even if they're a bit skeptical mm. to sort of open up to maybe something higher yeah. that's helping them and yeah we do a meditation and some people they will meet god in angels so they'll see and they're like wow all right they get That's their incredible. name and they get guidance and healing and i give everybody a personal angel card reading and lots of other workshop healing workshop intuition development lots of various that are part of the healing journey and i do movie nights we're having a movie night tomorrow night love it so um it's all about connecting with good people yeah, yeah. oh i love that and what what is the best way for people to get in touch with you if they're really resonating with this message what's the best way for them to reach you 
So anybody would be more than welcome to join the meetup group. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I'll give you, I believe I've given you the yes. link. Yes. And yes. You can so share that. The so they're notes. more than yeah. welcome to join that. Also, if they want to direct talk to me personally, Facebook, mm -hmm. um, I've also given that to Harriet as well. There's only Sarah, one Sarah Alvarez Bullier. Okay. So on Facebook. So feel free to contact mm. me, send me a personal message, any questions, anything you want to share, or if you're interested in a one-to-one, -one, just please feel free to contact me. Thank um, you. Yeah. Thank you. What an absolute treat this has been. I've absolutely loved it. I wonder if there is sort of any last thoughts, anything that you want to leave the listeners with as we sort of wrap up. I think the last thought, is that just be just be make a commitment from now to be more gentle with you and that's all I can end with yeah <sighs> just me be love more it. gentle with yourself I love it thank you so, and so much another bit because mm, I'm a bit greedy <laughs> and trust <laughs> mm -hmm. that you are being helped from something higher than you so maybe open up to asking Mm. you know the higher present can't help us unless we ask so I've got into that bit oh a lot of what I've done is asking for this higher power the angels the god but you know people have different ways that they refer to the universe or whatever yeah. but yeah open up to you are being helped yeah love that thank you so so much massively appreciate it I've loved having you on um, it's been a really really super episode so thank you what an incredible last episode of the series. Thank you so much to Sarah because this one was super special. There was so much in there that I got out of it and I really hope that you did too. Sarah has had such an incredible journey and I'm so grateful to her for being vulnerable enough to share that with us. Please do reach out and let us know if you've enjoyed this episode. It's always such a pleasure to hear from you. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or reach out to myself or Sarah directly. So this is the last episode in Series 2 and I'm going to be taking a couple of weeks break before we start Series 3 and we'll be back with two brand new episodes for you in three weeks time. So if you're feeling like you need a little bit more hope at the moment, do take the time to listen back to some of the previous episodes. You've also got our hopeful playlist, which you can find on Spotify if you search for Dawn Breaks playlist. Otherwise, take really good care of yourself and you'll hear from me soon.